Welcome back into another edition of Bearcat Rewind. Love to have you here with us. And, you know, we talk a lot about wins and championships and culture and the family atmosphere here at Northwest Missouri State. But there are a lot of good, hardworking folks behind the scenes that make that possible for the student-athletes, but also just the student population as a whole here in Maryville. And Dr. Allison Hoffman is one of those people. Dr. Hoffman is a Bearcat through and through, a Maryville native receiving her bachelor's and master's degrees from Northwest Missouri State and now working as the university's assistant vice president for admissions and student success. She's been going to Bearcat games her whole life and actually worked in athletics as a grad assistant while receiving her master's. So we have a lot to cover from some of the greatest Northwest moments she's witnessed to the work she does today to make sure that when students leave the Northwest campus, they do so with a diploma in hand. We had a lot of good topics with Dr. Hoffman. A Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu foundation. And Clorinda Regional Health Center, offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at clorindahealth.com. Let's dive into this week's podcast with Dr. Allison Hoffman. Well, joining us today in studio for Bearcat Rewind, we are talking with Dr. Allison Hoffman. Dr. Hoffman, thank you so much for uh, coming over to Wells, chatting with us. How are things? Yeah, things are great. Thanks so much for the invite. Looking forward to talking with you. All things, I guess, Northwest and Bearcat Rewind, right? (laughs) That's right. So we look at it now and students are home for the most part. It's the summer. Campus is relatively quiet, but sore started back up. Uh, Eyes are always kind of on the fall. So for you, the Assistant Vice President for Admissions and Student Success, is this a chance to get away at all? Is there any downtime for you or is it kind of just full go? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Um, I did take a vacation a week ago, which for me is really good. You can ask my husband who would say I work pretty much all the time. Uh, the summer, though, is really a busy time still for us. So we obviously are still trying to bring in the fall uh, 2022 class. And we're also prepping all of our materials for the fall 2023 recruitment cycle for both our new students, um, undergraduate students and transfer students and looking at all the other market segments as well. So it is still a very busy time. Um, lots of lots of just trying to close things out. But but also get ready for the future too. It's one of those that you, you have to love what you do. And, and obviously student success right there in the title, you're working one-on-one with a lot of students and trying to make sure that they're sticking around, engaged, they're enjoying what they're doing. But I feel like there's a lot of thankless work that has to go into that too that can be a little bit uh, time-consuming. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have, I'm, you know, really blessed with great teams of people that love what they do as well. So I definitely think it's, it's not me and my work. It's really, um, all the, the groups of people and really campus as a whole, um, from a faculty and staff perspective has bought into the importance of enrollment, uh, recruiting students and not only recruiting students to campus, but being able to keep them and ensure that they're successful. So I say, um, you know, my, my goal for us here at Northwest is to bring students to campus where it's a good fit, um, or, you know, for our online programs or whatever programs it might be, but not only students that we can um, get accepted, but also who can complete a degree because that's the goal. The end goal is um, helping students grow um, academically, but also grow, you know, really personally and professionally too, so that they're ready for their professional career if it's their first job or if it's, you know, a master's degree ready for that next step up and so on. So that's really the goal of the work we do, but definitely a lot of really great people that, that do that work every day as well. 
So as we look at it in, in the successes within the numbers, as I think uh, some of the top retention rates that Northwest Missouri State's ever had have come in the last few years, um, but we're also coming off 2020, a pandemic, things really um, had a wrench thrown in them with that. How do you continue to build off that, find a, a sense of normalcy, but also ensure parents that we're looking out for your kids and making sure that we have them in mind with every decision that's made? Yeah. Yeah, so I think um, definitely we, we, when we can get students to campus, we do a really good job of selling everything that we have to offer. Um, and I don't say selling as, you know, sales perspective, but I really think seeing how much people truly are, are committed to each and every student here, when we can talk with families and we can talk with students and we can um, show them that, it's not something we're saying. It's actually a true, you know, what we do day in and day out as we, we kind of see and talk about. Um, but that that's what makes SOAR really, really exciting, I think, too, is that, you know, I think most parents sitting there, and me too, I have a 10, almost 11-year-old, um, and I'm thinking, boy, the years are going quickly, and this is going to be me pretty soon. Um, but it's 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 very comforting, I think, to see all the things that we do to support our students, both in and out of the classroom um, on, you know, on their journey. So I definitely think that um, we're seeing a little bit more normalcy. Um, there have still been a lot of questions around COVID and a lot of uncertainty still, you know, from families and things are, are more back to normal, but not maybe completely back to normal. Um, just from as cases continue to, you know, kind of spike up here and there, I, I think all parents and all students want to know that they're going to be safe here at Northwest and that they have a group of people who are, you know, here to support them. And so one of our themes that we have talked about this year with SOAR is our Bearcat family and that it's it really truly is a family of people here to support all the students that we interact with. So I'm glad you brought that up too, because I do feel like every campus you go to, to an extent, you'll hear, hear people trying to talk, oh man, we're a family here. And, and I get that it's overused in some facets, but I even know as someone coming in, the only person from my school and, and knew some people, but not a ton, I kind of like, all right, how's this going to go? But then professors genuinely caring about me and, and kind of um, even as a student reporter and meeting some coaches in, in Mill Church, my legend, how are classes? How's that test you took last week? I'm like, how did you remember that? Like, could you really like focus on something as small as that? And and it really does go a long way at Northwest Missouri State and Maryville to where it's, um, we talked before we went on, it's not too big. People really take notice of, of you and who you are. And um, it's more than just being a number, as they say. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think that you're right. The word family for some is kind of like a cringeworthy thing. Like, are we really family? And um, I think what we're, you know, really saying with that, though, is we do know our students. Um, we, you know, I, I talk each and every time I, I talk to parents and families and students, you know, blessing and a curse for some students, but your professors are going to know whether you're in class or you're not in class. Um, and there are lots of opportunities to develop relationships, whether it's, you know, through people you meet that are, um, going to be the advisor for your campus organization or whether it's a professor or whether it's your advisor or, you know, your on-campus job. I think a lot of our students meet a really great support system through that as well. And, and whenever it's your supervisor for your campus, you know, position, it's, it is more than just, are you coming to work or not? It, it becomes a, you know, Hey, how'd that test go? How are you doing this semester? Oh, you need to go home and take care of this. Yep. We understand. Let me help you, you know, ensure that, that you can do that. Let's find someone to work your shift or whatever it might be. So that is part of that, um, support system. And I guess, as we say, the Bearcat family is just really kind of all looking out for one another and, and ensuring that, um, each and every person has a chance to be successful here.
So you've been around Northwest for quite a while and, and even spent time as a grad assistant in the athletic department, which we'll touch on that a little bit more uh, later on. But, you know, so much of Northwest and kind of the outside looking in is um, the championships and the culture and what you're seeing over in Lampkin. But I feel like that's something that bleeds into all facets of Northwest. And you really do kind of uh, see that go everywhere to where it's like that success heads into the classroom and into those on-campus jobs and elsewhere to where um, it really does make an impact within that that student um, experience here. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, honestly, for me, when I think about the word family, I think um, I can actually remember being a three or a four-year-old, and that's a long time ago, um, in the basement of Lampkin, where it looked a lot different, and there was a track that was, um, it was... It was a little bit raised and odd concrete and just running um, around that while my dad was, you know, in the building. And um, so, you know, I think that's part of what you talked earlier about, you know, hey, is there a lot of thankless work and enrollment? But that's part about who I am and, and kind of how I've. Um, been at Northwest, that's what makes it easy work for me because I love it. I love Northwest. I love everything about um, this institution. And I love being able for students to have that opportunity to really grow and thrive and take part in the whole student experience that we offer here at Northwest. So what what's happening in the classroom, what's happening, you know, in their student organization, what's happening um, on the court or the, you know, at the baseball field or whatever it might be, or the football field, um, those are all part of the student experience. And that's one thing that we really try to convey is that, you know, again, you're, you're going to know a lot of people on campus. There's going to be so many opportunities to get involved in so many different things, both in and outside of the classroom. And it's definitely, um, a big part. And I, I do think our culture, um, and part of, you know, is, is important, um, for us at Northwest. I kind of joke around with some friends, um, who work at, uh, you know, colleagues who work at other institutions and say, yeah, everywhere we go, we see the Bearcat Par people wearing, you know, and, and they're a little bit envious of that because it's not that other people don't love their school or their institution. They do, but they maybe don't um, show it in the ways that we do as Bearcats. And so I think that's a, a really special thing that um, has been years in the making, you know, to really get where we are. Being a Bearcat has been ingrained in you probably since birth, you know, coming up. And, and you mentioned that story being three or four down to the basement of Lampkin. Could you have imagined when you came in to, to get your master's and you're a GA over in Lampkin that, yeah, probably down the line I'll have a career at Northwest Missouri State University, or were you thinking com something completely different? No, I never um, I never really pictured this. Uh, what's, what's a little bit funny is, and I'll be the first to admit it, I was the Maryville High School graduate that was not going to Northwest because everybody else was. And so, um, you know, when I did transfer back here my junior year and finish my degree, it was a great experience for me and I wasn't ready to leave. And um, that's what led me to grad school and beyond. Um, but then after grad school and, and I got my first job in Kansas City, I didn't think I'd be back in Maryville again. And, you know, was thinking that I loved Maryville. I always did. I was always going to love Northwest. But I really um, wasn't thinking that a career at Northwest or even a career in higher ed was really in the works for me. Um, and so... It's crazy how life happens, um, and you know you you put yourself out there and you take some opportunities, and um, those have just turned into be great blessings for me. You end up coming back to Northwest Missouri State, and, and you're an instructor here, become a senior instructor over in the business uh, school, um, and then of course moving on to uh, the student success side of things. You come up and you're a grad assistant working alongside some great coaches, mm -hmm. and, and we kind of we get to see them on a Saturday or a, or a Friday at the volleyball match or whatever it is. 
you're kind of doing the same thing in the classroom. You're just coaching those kids up to be their best. Mm -hmm. Was that hard to jump away from being an instructor of working one-on-one with these business students to becoming that student success? Yeah. So, you know, I think that is, um, that is one of the the biggest challenges as you kind of move up in your career is um, when I was teaching, I was working one-on-one daily with students and everything I did, you know, could have a one-on-one impact with a student. Um, And I advised 200 plus business students and so on. As you kind of move up to director level positions and even above, you work less with students day to day, but more of the work you do is to impact all students. And so I have to remind myself that often, you know, I, I used to know, I could walk around all over campus and know pretty much every student walking around just from my, you know, my role and, and the school of business and even more so in the student success area. Um, now with my AVP role of admissions and student success, again, every single thing I'm doing is for students, but I don't have all those personal connections that I maybe did. And so I have to work really hard, um, to, to do that just and to reach out and really talk to students and learn more about their journey. And, um, if I see, you know, a student who says, you know, they maybe think that there's some feedback they could give, I try to take that opportunity to listen to them. And so I can learn more about it, um, so that we can improve our processes to both recruit and retain students here at Northwest. Going back to the early two thousands. Um, and I have to ask about this because it's just something that I've been told along the way. Um, Northwest Missouri State men's basketball rose to number one in the polls for the first time ever, and you were the driving force behind that. Can can you confirm that? I definitely was not the driving force, um, and I'm laughing because this is a really funny story. So, um, yeah, I'm a graduate assistant in sports information, athletic department, um, and my boss at the time, Andy Seeley, great guy, has gone on to do really, really great things, um, would probably have some really funny stories to tell about me. Um, he goes and works at the Olympics. So he's working the winter Olympics. Um, and he's, you know, taking his vacation time and that's a great opportunity for him. Obviously it was in Salt Lake city. And, um, but here we are basketballs, you know, kind of inching up and they're like number three, number two, um, I'm in charge. I, you know, don't really know all the things that we need to do, but I'm doing my best just to try to improvise. And also we're planning to try to host our first regional because as you know, whenever you're, you know, really good, you're trying to to get the regional. So they're asking like, well, what all are we going to need from a sports information thing? And, you know, I don't, I don't even really know all of that at the time. And I can't get a hold. This is the early 2000s. So yes, we had some cell phones, but we did not have them as much as we do now. And Andy was incredibly busy at the Olympics and working I mean, around the clock, really. So I think I might have talked to him once or twice, but I was just kind of doing doing my best there. But it is a really, really funny story um, when I look back on it now because I had to look like a deer in the headlights. Like I had no idea I'm writing a release about men's basketball being, you know, number one in the nation for the first time. Um, I grew up going to all the men's basketball games. I I was very close with Coach Tapp. And um, so it was an exciting time, but I had no clue what I was doing. So it's, it's, it is probably rather comical, I'm sure. A lot of people have some funny stories about it. And obviously, it's again, that's one that Andy can't pass up. You're working in the Olympics, probably once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, did, did Coach Tapp throw you a bone? Or, hey, we should probably do something with this or that. Or, or your dad call you and say, hey, make sure you write something about this. <laughs> um, so uh, 
I'll, I'll say this. And, and again, Coach Tapp has been, he's, it was a great friend of my dad's and a, a really good mentor in that. But during the basketball season, you don't talk to these basketball coaches <laughs> about, you know, it's, you try, I mean, they're very focused and very intense. And it's probably around me around census time when I'm trying to figure out how the numbers are going to shake out and where we're going to be um, to another level. But I do remember having to go in and interview him and, and do that. And I was so nervous, yet I'd known the guy my entire life. Um, I just, you know, it was a pretty nerve wracking thing. And I still think to myself when I see Coach Mack during those times, you know, I, um, my son and Coach Mack's kids are good friends and Michelle and I are close, um, but I still don't really want to talk and interact too much with him during the season. So it's a little bit of a flashback of I've been around this. I know this, the look of the season, I'm not going to get in the way too much. So um, I, I do remember having to interview and being really nervous, even though I'd known him for so long. And so I, <laughs> that's what I can kind of remember about that. So you're telling me that right before a basketball game would not be a great time to come up to Coach Mack and put my arm around him? Nope, nope. I see the guy on the other side of the floor, and I just let him be. I know he's got his routine, and nope, just let him be. And I instead try to focus my energies on asking Michelle if she needs any help with anything or <laughs> does she need help running the kids around. I mean, I know it's a it's a crazy time of the year, um, especially with – three kids that they have. And again, you know, I have one son and can't imagine her trying to do all that and juggle during basketball season with three very active, um, very active, you know, young kids. So definitely um, love, love them all as people don't wish to interact too much right before a game. No. And, and Michelle and, and all the coaches, wives um, and spouses are the unsung hero as it goes along. Um, and coach Max, a good guy. But you know what? I'll see him before a game. We'll be walking by like, I'm not sure if I'm going to say hi right now. <laughs> exactly. You know, it depends yeah. on the game, the situation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so early 2000s, you're a, a grad assistant for sports and information, doing some marketing, a little bit mm -hmm. of that. Yep. Um, so as you look at it, men's basketball rises to number one. Football's a national powerhouse. Outdoor track and field had a national champion. Coach Rosie's winning uh, conference titles on both sides. Fast forward 20 years later, for as strong as things were at that time, it feels like 2022 is maybe the strongest year we've ever had, top to bottom in mm -hmm. athletics. Is it just something as simple as culture? Or is there something <laughs> you can actually point to to say, this is the reason that Northwest keeps on rising? Yeah. I, you know, I, we had the opportunity this week um, to meet with the athletic staff, um, the admissions and student success leads did, to just kind of talk through um, as part of their strategic planning process what it is about recruiting students to Northwest, who's good fits, what our selling points are. And of course the coaches do such a great job at that um, already, but I think it's always important to go over those things and just make sure that we're all on the same page. Um, you know, I, I think what's so neat about division two athletics, um, especially here at Northwest is that the student athletes um, can be just that a student. They can also be an athlete, be highly, highly successful, but have the entire uh, college experience too. Um, and I think that, you know, seeing that for some who are selecting, am I going to go lower division one and maybe play, maybe not, um, whatever the sport may be, or am I going to come division two and I'm going to be a student, I'm, I'm going to be a student, I'm going to be a really successful athlete, I'm going to do, you know, I think about my time in the school of business, I took multiple student athletes on study abroad, study abroad um, opportunity, you know, it was a two and a half week trip, um, they still got their workouts in, they, you know, we walked all over, as you can imagine, in Eastern Europe, um, but they're still stretching and, and getting those things done. And so 
I do think it's it's it was strong then. It is you know super strong now. Um, I think a lot of it is about finding the right fit you know for their programs, but finding the right fit academically too, um, so that the students we know again can come in and and Andy and I always talk um, about you know, the importance of students not just coming here to play their sport, but to actually getting out and earning a degree. And so we focused a lot of our work and our efforts on student success and looking at retention and persistence, but also recognizing that there are equity gaps that do exist um, with, you know, and it's not just at Northwest, that's a that's a nationwide, I mean, that's a that's something that if we get figured out here, um, Justin Mallet and I, the AVP for diversity and inclusion always say we can go on a roadshow if we, we figure out how to, you know, how to get all that accomplished here. Um, but I will say it's it's nice to have um, athletics aware of that, bought in, and and really focused on um, the importance of strong academics from their student athletes, but also um, you know them persisting on and earning a degree from Northwest. We our our student athletes um, in our athletic department, you know, our GPA for student athletes is high, and the the graduation rates are high, and so we um, we have a you know a strong collaboration. I think we even we're just talking this week about opportunities to just strengthen that even more so you've got a unique perspective too uh, you were a collegiate golfer <clears throat> at the university of kansas for a time then you yep. come over here and of course working um, in the athletic department now back at northwest in your current role i have to imagine being at a big school being a student athlete seeing it from that perspective really helps move things along as you come back here with this current role yeah definitely um I, yeah, I enjoyed talking with you before we started a little bit about that. But yeah, I walked on at the University of Kansas um, and the golf team and at Northwest, I guess I'm aging myself a lot at this point, but um, there was no women's golf team. I wish there was. If there was, it may have, might have, um, you know, changed my decision on where to go to school. But um, there wasn't a golf team until, I don't know, maybe when I was a GA, I can't even remember if there was a golf team, but I think it was even a couple years after that before we had women's golf. Um, I definitely think that does help in understanding that, you know, there are a lot of commitments that come along with being a student athlete, whether that's weights in the morning and practice in the afternoon. Um, we do have a lot of group projects and things like that. And so, you know, just helping and, and realizing the commitments. I think what's interesting is that probably when I think about being a GA, I understood those commitments. Now what I see, though, is a lot of our students who aren't student athletes, just students here at Northwest, have so many commitments, too. And so it's really understanding that for all students, though, that, um, you know, no longer is it students just coming to college and um, going back to their hall and taking a nap and doing that. Like some of those things that people think when they think of college is so easy and all you do is you go to class like, I don't know, two or three hours a day and then you go home and you can take a nap or watch Netflix. And I'm sure we have some students that do that. The majority of the students that I know do have a lot of commitments and they do have, you know, work. And, and so student athlete, I think, about their practice time as work. I mean, that's their work in most cases. They're, you know, working um, those those hours that others are working, they're working, you know, on their sport. And so I think just understanding that or having that experience, and, and I didn't have it on the, the work side so much as I did, you know, trying to balance all the multiple commitments. But it's something I see more common with all of our students. And so it is helpful to understand and realize that. And I think many of our faculty and staff realize that now too. That's a big difference from when we went to school to now. Now is seeing all all of our students try to to juggle multiple responsibilities and commitments. Well, and, you know, you always hear being a student athlete is like having a full time job on top of going to class. But you're right; I do feel like you hear more and more of a student being like, 
in order to afford this semester, I'm working full-time, including that 12, 13-hour schedule, whereas I was a little bit lazier. Mm -hmm. would do those 13 hours, take a nap, work much less. But um, it is something that's changed a lot, especially, I think, coming out of COVID and um, a different financial situation overall for everyone Mm -hmm. uh, within the country kind of dramatically changes that. One great thing about Northwest is there are a lot of different scholarship opportunities. Mm-hmm. One I know on the men's basketball side, and it has become kind of an annual tradition every year, the Chip Strong Memorial Golf Tournament, which is in honor of your father. That has to be special, that you're helping out a student athlete, you're kind of pushing that along and, and in his memory. And I feel like that's something you probably know that he would greatly appreciate and love too, that that's held up for all these years. Yeah. um, So as I mentioned before, my dad and Coach Tapp were really close friends. And one thing that, um, you know, at the time Coach Tapp identified when my dad passed away was that there were a lot of student athletes that needed some additional support for one more semester or one more year to earn their degree, um, especially those that maybe couldn't take 15 or 16 hours during the season and maybe didn't have the funds, you know, to take the summer classes. And so he identified that as a a need. Um, And so that's how that kind of came to be. And of course, you know, it's, it's nice. We, again, we'll be cliche and say family again, but it has been the Bearcat family because obviously, um, you know, Coach Mack, um, was a player for Coach Tapp and coached with Coach Tapp. And so it's kind of been a, you know, a trickle down from that. Um, but definitely I've, you know, continued to want to do that and support that not only, you know, in memory of my dad, but also because the end goal is for students to graduate. And that is still, you know, um, is still the work I'm doing every single day right now. So you see a lot of, a lot of synergies there um, with that, but definitely been a lot of support. It's a great time to get a lot of people back together um, from kind of, you know, the old days and also the newer days, um, but a, a good group of people. And, and honestly, I haven't looked in the last couple of years, but I'm sure it hasn't um, fallen off. But at, at one time, every single student athlete in men's basketball that we had helped support had gone on to earn their degree. And so that's a really a really special, special thing. And then um, there's been some other years when men's basketball hasn't needed that particular funds and those have gone to women's basketball or to tennis, um, but with the end result of helping someone to complete what they need um, to finish their degree. It's it's obviously been impactful and it's something that folks um, want to come in and help the scholarship, but also want to go out and have a, have a fun day and get in the golf course and, and reconnect. But you think about that and how that keeps your father's memory alive each and every year through that too. But don't you think it kind of feels like it comes full circle of you're still at Northwest Missouri State carrying that strong name on and and continue to push it uh, as we go here into 2023. Yeah. Yeah. It it is special when I think, you know, I think about it. Um, I probably some that work with me every single day might, you know, might not see the, um, I guess, I I can be kind of emotional and get sad and sappy sometimes. So I won't, I won't do that right now on the air because I don't think anyone wants to listen to that. But, um, you know, it is really special. I really can't put into words, um, what Northwest has meant to me growing up, um, through some of my hardest times when my dad, you know, passed away. Um, I was raised by a single dad. I don't, I have, you know, a couple half siblings, but, um, Northwest was really how I got through some of the toughest times in my life. So I think about um, him passing away and and I think about um, I was teaching adjunct at the time and working at the hospital in town. Um, And then I loved it. And I thought, if I love this during the worst time of my life, um, then this is what I need to do. And so that's how when there became a full time position, I decided to apply for that. And um, it's it really has um, just 
it's, it's a lot more than a job to me. I'll put it that way. It's, it's, um, definitely a special place. I'm incredibly passionate about, um, Northwest and all that we have to offer and just what a great place it is. And I think for so many people, um, it is a difference maker in their life. And so, you know, the experience they have here is something they leave. They're, you know, positive about they're telling others. Um, and we continue to look at SOAR results just to bring it kind of back full circle. And we look in our alumni, um, and you know, when we ask, how did you learn about Northwest? It's parents, it's family members, it's alumni, you know, it's counselors that went to school here. And that is what makes our culture um, and the Bearcat family such a special place. I love it. And <clears throat> excuse me, you're right, because you do feel just so many people that come through Northwest Missouri State, it really does leave that lasting impact. So our podcast last week, which I just talked to him earlier this week, we're recording forward, but um, Blake Hardigree, mm-hmm. he's a catcher for baseball, mm-hmm. played in 2014 and 2015. And again, a couple short years here at Northwest Missouri State, but all he could say was great things about the relationships and how he loved it here. And, and we joked on there that he's from Texas, but it kind of feels like he's kind of a transplant that he just belongs back in Maryville. And so mm-hmm. you do feel that of, uh, even if you're not here for very long, you get ingrained within the fabric of Northwest Missouri State. So, um, it does go a long way, and the work that you do is fantastic here for the university as a whole. Um, we talk about the golf tournament there, and you played at Kansas. So that's the sport you gravitate to. I mean, is that uh, kind of that, that lifelong sport you're sticking with? Yeah, so um, I had no choice but to get into golf because, as I mentioned, I was raised by a single dad who loved golf. Um, it was an attorney, you know, for a career, but um, really would have loved to have <laughs> been on the golf course every single day. Um, and so what that meant was I got to go to a lot of, like, men's best balls in the area and ride in the carts. Um, at the time, I was more interested in doing cartwheels and things um, around, but came to really like golf. Um, it was something that I started at a young age. And I think when you start young, it's a lot, it sure is a lot easier to pick up golf when you start young, um, than later. And, and so, yeah, I do gravitate towards that. I do love, I, I really just, um, I, you know, I don't know whether it's the stereotypical, I grew up with a single dad or what, but, um, those that know me and you can ask Rosie about this sometime because Rosie's probably known me since I was maybe three or four and Rosie's always got some good stories. So, um, but he'd come over and he, I would know the scores of the baseball games from ESPN because that was what was always on. And so I really do love, um, I really do love athletics as a whole. I really think, um, I think about the life lessons that it teaches you. Um, my husband and I, um, our son's 10 and quite the little golfer so far. Um, we'll hope he keeps it up, but you know, he lost in a playoff on the second hole the other day and, and, um, he was all focused about, well, on hole eight, I should have done this. And instead we were really trying to, to change that too, you know, but this is where hard work will pay off and this is where, and so those are the things that I think whether it's athletics or whether it's other things are things that you, you know, from being on a team, um, of some sort, it could be the speech and debate team, or it could be, you know, the basketball team, or it could be when I walked on golf, I wasn't the best or the most talented, um, but I did have a passion for it, and it was a great opportunity to learn and connect with other people, and I think there's so many lessons that can be learned um, from that. I'm with you 100%, especially dealing with adversity. How do you overcome certain things in life? You can learn that, crazy enough, on the links, on the court, in the field, um, whatever. You're a good golfer, obviously, if you've been playing for this long. Uh, Be honest, you're better than Corey? Oh, um, not right now, (laughs) but... I can beat Corey, and if I played, 
if I didn't work all the time and played more <laughs> golf, I think I could still beat him quite a bit. But, um, you know, hey, I've learned that, you know, the part of a, a successful marriage um, is understanding what your spouse needs. My husband and his free time needs golf. And so I generally try to get caught up on things while he goes out to the golf course and kind of disconnects a little bit. A lot of his time now is spent um, caddying for our son. And so, you know, it's, it's, um, I, I, he's better than me now, but I think I could still get him if I played a lot. You need to move a couple of those <laughs> meetings, maybe make them zoom and go out to the golf course. Yeah. <laughs> just put he, your buds yeah. Out. He's busy a lot too. He just, in his free time in the evening, um, in the summer, he's great about going out and playing just to disconnect. And I'm instead, you know, trying to figure out how I can get caught up and use that hour on something <laughs> that I'm way behind on. So yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's definitely, I don't know. I might have to play him and I'll get back to you and let you let know, know who wins yeah. on that. <laughs> uh, best Northwest sporting event you've ever witnessed. Oh my, that is a tough one. And we've had a lot of oh good ones gosh. in recent years. So if you want to pull back to wow, childhood, I wasn't or those ready. 2000s. I've been ready and prepared and felt I could answer every question you've had so far. But then this <laughs> one, you just threw it on me um, a little bit. Oh, so I've ever witnessed in person. We'll start there. Yeah. Okay. Um, Probably the four overtime football game in person um, on, I guess, you know, in the MIAA network or the regional championship would have been the Northern State game. I, we weren't there. Mm-hmm. COVID, um, you know, was going on and we weren't there. But um, I hate to admit it, but I was doubt, doubting that one. <laughs> Whenever we came back in one, I was, yeah, I c- couldn't believe it. Um, should never doubt. I should have known not to doubt, but um, it, it, I was a little bit unsure on that one. How about we'll put it that way? I mean, it was like, what, 11, 12 with like three minutes left? And yeah, it's kind of, it looked bleak. Yeah. The other one, I think, um, just being a lifelong Bearcat fan and really, um, you know, I can remember going to football games when I was little and a Northwest fan, which sorry, Stacy and Ruth Kemper and anyone else listening, but back in those days, there were no rules because my dad wasn't employed at Northwest. We were in a Northwest van with other Northwest people going to these games. Um, but, you know, I think about it. I've always, always been really, really um, close and, and passionate about Bearcat basketball. So that first national championship was super special to you just because you felt like, like they'd been so good and so close, even with coach tap and getting to some elite eights, but then that continuing on, um, that was a really, really special one too. I think, um, because we just hadn't reached those heights in basketball before. Mm-hmm. So that would probably be the other one. A, the way that the Pentagon was filled with Northwest fans for that championship was amazing. But also, whenever we rolled in for the radio crew for uh, the, the Elite Eight games, so we were still two, three days away from it, um, and we're seeing some of these other teams. And uh, one guy that was covering Northwest Athletics, I'm not going to name him right now, but he's like, well, be happy with that they got here because uh, these other teams are better. Mm-hmm. And then you run into Fairmont State, and, I mean, the length and the athleticism, <laughs> like, how are they going to pull this off? But, again, like you said, never doubt. Yeah, I thought the same thing about Fairmont State. I'll say we watched them play um, before us, and I thought, wow, like, Justin Pitts is great, and, you know, this is this. But <laughs> I'm like, boy, these guys are, I mean, they're huge, and they're so big and, yeah, so athletic. And um, But, you know, I, I think through all these years we should know that we shouldn't ever be doubting no. and thinking that, you know, it's it's more than just the athletes on the court. It's also about the game plan and the preparation. And just like we want, um, you know, our students to be prepared and all that they do here at Northwest, uh, we should have had faith that our <laughs> coaching right. staff was going to have the team prepared.
hey, that seven-footer for Augusta. I was a little bit nervous this March, you know? Yeah. But <clears throat> Me too. My uh, son ran in the, or rode in the elevator in the hotel with him, and he got off, and um, he said, Mom, I, I just can't believe how big he is. I don't know if I've, you know, it's just he's, he was standing, you know, side by side. And so seeing that height um, definitely, definitely, um, yeah, was it was one of those things. But um always felt like on, on that one, if we could just, you know, catch back up after we'd gotten behind a little early, mm-hmm. um, we would have it because there was no doubt that um, – uh, Trevor was on a mission. And um, so, you know, I think that just getting to know, um, just thinking about, you know, Trevor, but um, his family, I mean, I can remember when they were here on their visit. Um, really? Yeah, I, I met them in um, the provost office. They were were waiting to, to talk to the enrollment manager at that time as part of their visit. Um, and I just think about, you know, remembering and seeing them and thinking, okay, here's, you know, someone coming in looking at us from Manhattan, Kansas. And um, just getting to know Pat and Sterling, his parents, and uh, it really is a, a special place. And I've loved getting to talk to um, his mom, Pat. She works at um, at K State in career services, and so we've had a lot of chance just to talk about you know different institutions when you meet people in higher ed that are working with students, and a lot of good stories to share there. So uh, I think that you know she always talks about feeling like she knew Trevor was supported here and what he did. And I think that that's um, definitely special and it's one story, but it's, it's really what we're striving for, for every single student is to, to feel that they have that support system here. That's one of the great parts that you get some of those deep runs with the team. And as, as we get to travel with them a little bit and, and you get to know the players too, but then you kind of get to know some of the parents and the families and um, a lot of good folks in Bearcat Nation that are just parents that are just supporting their kids. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of fun. Um, last one I've got for you. It's a hard one. Oh, no. Former student athlete that you'd hire to be a professor or student success coach in a heartbeat. Oh, my. Wow. This one, this is, yeah. Um, so I, I thought of this, and I had one <laughs> oh pop in my head immediately. Um, but I'll let you answer first. Oh, no. Ooh. Okay, so you said to be that I would hire in a heartbeat to be a professor or student success or or someone in your department. Okay, um, I'm gonna go kind of recent here, and it's one I you know who Devonte Mosby is who I go to. Yeah. Um, so he's he's one that he transferred here, so didn't know him his whole entire time here. Um, but what he he he's a light kind of just in any room. Um, but I think about the time that he spent like getting to know the kindergarten class my son was in at the time and reading books with Dr. Seuss and, um, really just taking time to help people, you know, be better and to know that they're cared about and that. So, um, you know, I, I don't keep in touch with him as much as I should. I saw him, you know, recently, but that, that'd be one like right off the bat. Um, the other one I always joke with though, I'm going to go way back on this. Um, (laughs) would be Clarence Green. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Clarence and I are, are colleagues and um, Dr. Green is, you know, going to be our interim president. But he always says that in his next life, he's going to be a success coach and he is a difference maker in, in what he does and connecting with students. And so there'd be my other one, even though it wasn't, uh, it wasn't someone that I played or worked <laughs> with and on that level, but I know he played football um, back in the day. And so, yeah, I'd say him too. Clarence is one of those that you know how they, they you don't know what someone's going through. Smile, say hi, be positive. I mean, that's Clarence to a T. Yep. Anytime you see him, he lifts your spirits. So yep, that's, that's definitely. All. 
my mind went to Bryson Williams. Oh, oh, that's a yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> him too, him too. He's also one that lights up the the oh, room and, and all that he does. Um, yeah, and I don't know that Bryson's ever had a bad day. I've never no. seen Bryson have a bad day. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he is definitely one that could step right in and make a difference. Yeah. And makes, you know, develops relationships, makes connections. And, um, he's someone that, that you definitely, um, notice when they walk into the room because of their positivity, because of their enthusiasm. And I know you and I both saw him up. Um, I think we were up at the Pentagon again. Mm -hmm. Um, hadn't seen him for a bit, but it's like, you haven't missed a beat whenever you see Bryson. So he, uh, he would go to uh, St. Joseph whenever the Mustangs in Northwest would collaborate for a uh, sports and business seminar, and they bring in high school students. Yep. And uh, I remember some people would really go through and kind of get prepared, and I'm going to hit this, this, and this, and they would always end with Bryston. And Bryston would walk in, hadn't thought about what he's going to say, and the kids would be starting to get tired, and he would just start talking and go. Yep. And just charismatic, lights up a room, and, I mean, how could you not just whatever that guy – run through a brick wall yeah yeah definitely i haven't read his book yet have you read his book i haven't i gotta okay. pick it up still. i know i i need to pick it up too i i hear it's a good read but i haven't i haven't read it yet so i guess i'll put that on my <laughs> summer reading list it'll be perfect we'll double back we'll bring him in we'll do another podcast i that love too. it yeah that sounds great dr hoffman thank you so much for the time and uh continue your great work here on campus okay thanks matt appreciate the opportunity Thanks again to Dr. Allison Hoffman joining us on today's podcast. A great conversation. Always fun to hear about some of those Northwest Missouri State moments in athletics over the years, but also just kind of diving into what goes into the classroom and what it takes to be able to get so many students through with a diploma and on their way to a career after they wrap up their time here in Maryville. So appreciate her coming in and chatting with us today. Last week, we had Blake Hardegree. He was a Northwest Missouri State catcher in 2014 and 2015, now the Director of Baseball Operations at East Carolina. Prior to that, National Champion Reese Smith as he took down the 3,000-meter steeplechase in Allendale, Michigan, and many more episodes of Bearcat Rewind to check out in our archived episodes. Thanks to Alex Kurt, a Northwest professor, for producing our intro and outro music, and thank you for listening to Bearcat Rewind. I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next time.